there's a very old sermon illustration that goes like this. A man was climbing a mountain with his young son when he came to a place in the climbing that was difficult, even dangerous, so the father took a moment and hesitated, trying to decide which way to go, and then he heard his son say, Dad, choose the good path. I'm coming right behind you. Friends, old as that illustration is, I still love it because I think it communicates a great truth that fathers and men like them, actually all of us adults, have a responsibility to those who come after us. I, I think we can all agree that the path that we take may very well be the one that they follow, so choosing the good path is really important. The struggle, I think, comes in determining what that good path is. There are so many confusing voices in our culture trying to tell us how to live our lives. You open up a magazine, turn on the TV, surf the internet, and there are all these different ideas about what makes a good life. Friends, what marks the good path? Is it individualism, power, wealth, influence, security? maybe even celebrity, some combination of those things? Friend, how, how do we know what the good path is? How do we know where to find it? Or perhaps on this Father's Day, we might pose our question this way. What path would a good father choose knowing that it's the good path that others will traverse behind him? Well, friends, on this question, I am so grateful to God for the wisdom of our brother, the Apostle Paul, because he just cuts through all of it. He cuts through all of the cultural noise, all the confusing voices, and he points to that good path. He makes it clear. Now, of course, Paul is not anybody's biological father, but he is one of the great fathers of the church, and his wisdom on this is golden. He does point out that path, and then he just sort of rams it all home by saying, you know what, I'm willing to sacrifice everything to follow it. I'm all in. And friends, I'm just going to lay out a sermon spoiler for you right now. The, the path that Paul identifies as the good one, the one that he would follow himself and recommend that all of us follow, well, it is not a path that many in the culture might choose. It's probably not one that would be promoted on Instagram, you know what I mean? As one scholar so aptly puts it, the good path that Paul chooses is not the path of upward mobility, but it instead is the path of downward humility. Look, Paul says, if there was a bragging contest and I entered it, I would easily win. He says, I'm a Jew, a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a Pharisee, a Jew of the highest order. I, I know the law like a back of my hand on top of it all. I've kept it. I've kept it to the letter. Under the law, I am blameless. When it comes to my reputation, my character, my genealogy, it's all unsurpassed. But, says Paul, I, I leave all that behind me. I actually consider it like rubbish. I take it to the dumpster. Clearly, 
Paul is not choosing that path of upward mobility. He's leaving it behind. Why? Why does he do that? Well, it's not because he just wants to be contrarian, although Paul sometimes has that reputation. It's because Paul loves Jesus with his whole heart, and he wants nothing more than to follow in the footsteps of his master, to be a true disciple, to be like him. And Paul sees that Jesus did not choose the path of upward mobility, but downward humility. Paul understands that Jesus emptied himself. He emptied himself, and he, he humbled himself. And he came to this earth to be one of us, to live among us, and he was obedient, and obedient even unto death on a cross. Paul understands that Jesus left the realm of light and life and angels, the very presence of God, to come and dwell among us and sacrifice himself. And well, Paul says, if you're going to be a follower of that man, then I don't see how anybody can hang on to their own agenda, especially if it's an agenda that involves pride. I guess you could say, friends, that, that Paul believed that if you're going to call yourself a Christian, well, that means that you, you want to be like Christ. So what do you do with your own agenda, your own inclination toward upward mobility? Well, according to Paul, you just take it to the dumpster, you throw it away, you leave it behind. Because he says the good path is one of Christ, and the one of Christ is one of sacrifice, putting others first, love and surface, and even suffering. Do you see, friends, this is why Paul is one of the greatest of the church fathers because he understood that and preached it and lived it himself. And he gives wonderful advice to the fathers and men like them of today. A good father is one who chooses that good path of Christ, the path of downward humility, knowing that others will follow behind. The father of Methodism, John Wesley, Put it this way, he said, we must consent to become more vile. I love that. Wesley was not one to mince words, and uh, he was sort of a character, I think. We must consent to become more vile, he said. You see, Wesley was well considered a bit radical in his day because he spent his ministry with those that others in society often found unacceptable. He spent his life preaching most of the time to people who were uneducated, people who were desperately poor. He went to the prisons. He went to the workhouses. He cared very much about widows and orphans. He spent his life serving these people, preaching the gospel to these people, not because he was going to get any rewards for it, at least from other human beings, not because he was going to be put on the board of some society, not because he was going to receive recognition, but because he wanted to follow Jesus. And he understood that the good path is the path of Christ. And so that is the path that John Wesley chose. Friends, we really cannot underestimate how important our example is in this regard, especially to young people. If you take nothing else away today from the sermon, I hope it, it sticks in your heart that what you do and what you say 
matters because they are watching and they are following. Some years ago, I had the pleasure of hearing Kenda Creasy Dean talk about her book, Almost Christian. She gave this presentation in a meeting of annual conference, a big meeting of clergy and lay people in a sanctuary much like this one that was just packed. The book examines the faith lives of young persons and their attitudes towards the church. I will never forget Dean standing up in front of all of us, looking out at this group of of clergy and lay people, and saying to us, do you want to know where young people learned that a life of faith is not important? And we all nodded, yes, we would like to know that. And she said, they learned it from us. And all the air went out of the room. They learned it from us. They learned it from us when they never saw us read the Bible at home. They learned it from us when they never saw us pray, even before a meal. They learned it from us when we regularly skipped church to sleep in or do something else that we thought was more interesting. They learned it from us when they never saw us serve in the name of Jesus, not through the church or otherwise. They learned it from us when they never saw us sacrifice anything for our faith. Man, I gotta tell you, friends, it was hard to hear that. I think everyone, everyone really felt it in their heart when she was saying these things, but then she gave us hope. She said, if you want to express the love of Christ to young people, the most powerful way that you can do that is to be serious about your own life of faith. Set an example that they can follow. Love and serve in the name of Jesus. And she was careful about this. She said, tell them why you're doing the things that you do. Don't let them think it's because you're a good person. Make sure they understand that you are loving and serving and praying and studying because Jesus is your Lord. If you will set that kind of example, she said, you will be blazing a path for young people in their faith. Friends, that is truly the good path I think all of us need to take. I opened with a very old sermon illustration, so I'm going to close with one today, too, on this Father's Day. There was a young man who was attending college, and his dad came to visit him for the weekend. This young man's father drove a very dilapidated old car. And when it was time to leave, he, he drove off in that car, and some of these young man, this young man's friends began to laugh, you know, tease, make fun of the car. And he stopped them, and he said, laugh if you want, but I want to tell you something. My dad could have purchased another car a long time ago. He had the money to do that. But rather than purchase a new car for himself, he used that money to get me to college. He's made many sacrifices like that for me over the years. He drives that old car because he wants me to have an education. So I tell you what, I love that old car and the man in it. He's taught me everything I need to know about life and love, and I want to be just like him. 
My friends, our responsibility, those who are fathers, even those of us who are not, is to choose the good path, knowing that those behind us may very well follow it. Thanks be to God for fathers and men like them who choose the good path, the path of downward humility rather than upward mobility. Thanks be to God for fathers and men like them, those who are willing to be more vile for the sake of the gospel. Thanks be to God for fathers and men like them who choose the good path, knowing the influence it has on all those who come behind, and they do all of it to honor our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Most loving God, we give you thanks on this Father's Day for our fathers and men like them, but we're especially grateful, Lord, for all who are willing to follow the good path. That's your path, Lord. Give us the courage and the strength to put aside the cultural voices and instead listen to yours. It calls us into a life of love and service, of faith, of kindness, of mercy, of grace. Lord, strengthen us to live that way and follow that path, come what may that others may come to know your love and become your disciples. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.